What's going on, friends and fam? Thank you so much for watching. Every day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, another great day, another great episode, and I got a great interview in front of us. My next guest is a former sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. Brian's life forever changed when he nearly was nearly killed after falling victim to VA medical malpractice and gross negligence in 2016. Not wanting another veteran to experience his nightmare, he spent five years working on a bill called the Brian Talley VA Employment Transparency Act. He also started a podcast called Today with Talley, giving people a voice. Let's meet Brian Talley. Good morning. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Another day, another dollar, man. Just uh, trying to get stretched out here, having some coffee and joining you today, Brian. How are you? Hey, I appreciate you. I'm doing well. If, uh, you know, if I was doing any other way, no one would give a shit, right? <laughs> That's what they say. But, uh, hey, I appreciate you, Brian, for coming on, man. Uh, go ahead and give us, you know, your whole spill about who Brian is, why you joined the Marine Corps, you know, and yeah, kind of give us your little bit of your story, man. You know, a little bit about where I'm from. I'm, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, kind of a um, a pretty hard blue collar, um, uh, city. And, uh, when I was three my little brother was one, uh, my mom left my dad. So I grew up in a single family, uh, household. Uh, we went to San Diego, Southeast San Diego, just on the other side of 32nd Naval. And, uh, that's where I grew up. I grew up in San Diego and, until I was about 15 years old. Uh, my mom remarried and, uh, uh, that took us to Colorado, so I would end up doing all my high school years in the mountains of Colorado and playing football at 8,500 feet. <laughs> and uh, and then after that, I just uh, joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. I was 17 years old, and um, you know I joined because I, I, I was a fighter. I grew up fighting, so I get suspended from school all the time. You know, I think having that single family household. Um, you know, not having a, a real father presence in my life, uh, you know, just a lot of boyfriends here and there and uh, really no one to to really latch on to uh, until my later years. Um, but, you know, that caused me to fight a lot. And so, um, again, uh, my grades were a reflection of that. And, um, you know, that would ultimately lead me to the military because I, I didn't have the grades to get into college, nor did I want to do any more schoolwork. I'm, I'm not a school guy. Uh, so, um, yeah. you know, uh, so I joined the Marine Corps, would end up staying there five years. I was a logistics guy. I was a red patcher, um, you know, a lot of, I was on a lot of helo support teams. I PCS three times in five years. Um, you know, I was in Lejeune, I was in Okinawa, I was in Pendleton, you know, got to see a bunch of different countries and stuff like that. Made a lot of great memories and, you know, a lot of lifelong friends. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, the Marine Corps is a great place, you know, and a lot of people who does don't know uh, the red patcher in the Marine Corps, they had to wear a red triangle on their their covers. It was like on your guys's. Well, well yeah, it's one by one. Having... yeah, it's a one by one square right under the eagle globe and anchor and then a one by three patch three inches below the car, uh, cargo po uh, pocket centered. So it was, uh, you know. Um, and no, we don't have HIV. <laughs> you know, that was always a running joke. Oh, those guys got right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, know Marine, Marines will always find some way to give you guys, you know, some ball busting shit. 
Well, yeah, and I was a thick Marine, too. I mean, fuck, I won the uh, the arm wrestling competition in 97 in Okinawa on the island. So Hell yeah, nice. Well, I'm not going to have any guy come up to me and say, hey, you have AIDS. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, let's see about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it was pretty pretty good experience. Got out, uh, started a family, became a family man. I uh, got four kids. My first uh, uh, daughter, she was born on Camp Pendleton. And, oh, nice. Uh, she's 24 and living in San Diego. She never really left. And That's uh, where my daughter's at right now, San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, my daughter lives in PB, and, you oh, know, she spent beautiful. her whole life in San Diego and, um, you know, even graduated from San Diego State. And, oh, that's outstanding, yeah. I mean, San yeah. Diego is beautiful. If you're going to live in California – San Diego is a good spot to live in. Yeah, my yeah, daughter's you know, at, she's at UC San Diego. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right up on the mountain there. That's where Chris Bryant went. Yeah. yeah. Baseball. I'm a big baseball yeah. guy, so I, I follow these guys from college all the, all the way to the pros. So, Yeah, man, yeah. you know, like, the total details. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what high school he went to and everything. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, he, not, Vegas, actually, Chris Bryant. I think he, Is that right? Yeah, he grew up in Vegas, um, and then uh, he went to to UC San Diego. At least he got to get out of the oh, desert. USD. He went to USD, the University of San Diego, um, okay. and then and then of course he, you know got drafted by the Cubs, and and now and now he's a Rocky. Right. He's not as good as he used to be. Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm a Rockies fan, so I know that. Yeah, and I think you're a Broncos fan as well. Which uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yep. a, I'm a Broncos fan too. There you but, go. Uh, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. But uh, so all right, man. Yeah, continue on with kind of you know once you got out and you started having your family. Um, I know I kind of yeah. got you derailed there, but yeah, <clears throat> no, we're not derailed at all. We're just having a conversation. Conversation, absolutely. Drinking um, some coffee. Yeah, love it. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so. Um, I, you know, I'd get out and I would start a company, a uh, custom landscape company uh, that was, you know, thriving. I'd, I'd been in business for 13 years in Colorado and in Southern California. I kind of bounced back and forth there. And um, uh, so I had my own private doctor in Colorado, and but I didn't have one in uh, the California area. So in California, I used the VA. And so, uh, J- January, 2016, of course, we're living in Temecula and I'm running the Inland Empire and in Orange County and, uh, Northern San Diego County for all my custom landscapes. And, and I just couldn't get out of bed one day. Uh, one thing led to another, um, and it would end up being a horrifying, uh, four months of, uh, egregious medical malpractice and gross negligence that would take place. Uh, that would nearly result in my death. I was completely incapacitated at the time for over these four months. My wife thought she was doing everything right. Uh, feed me up to 40 pills a day uh, just to keep me alive and uh, to get me through the day. The, the pain was unbearable. Um, you know, the, the VA uh, for, you know, for months, it was just delayed and denied care. Um, and, and they never really diagnosed and uh, started to work on fixing what the overall root cause of the problem was. All they did is is that they just treated the symptoms. So I would be 
you know, um, in injected with high-end uh, opioids um, a, 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 a lot yeah, from Dilata to Kenalog to Methocarbamol, a lot of Dilata. Were you addicted and stuff like? Opioid. Were you getting like addicted and stuff like that too? No, I, or I no? don't like that stuff, man. Right? Yeah, because uh, I mean. Well, that's now, great, I mean, because a lot of people start getting addicted, man, when they start yeah. putting all that stuff in these folks. Yeah, they sent me. I mean, I had 360 count pill bottles of hydrocodone and Percocet and uh, and all sorts of stuff. And, and unfortunately, I needed to use the majority of all that stuff. I mean, I don't have anything left. What year is this right here? You're, you're talking right now? What? What year is this you're talking right now? 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah. And so four months, you know, uh, of me living in a chair and, you know, not eating, not going to the bathroom, um, you know, really, I mean, I, I didn't, I wasn't really putting anything out in, so not a lot was coming out. And, and I, you know, I was a 285 pound guy, uh, when I got hurt pretty solid. Um, and then I got down to about 220 pounds, uh, very, very quickly. And, and I just looked like I was dying, you know, and, uh, finally, uh, we went down to, to San Diego after going through the choice program and had a surgery, uh, it was pretty much a, um, you know, let's open them up and, and find out what, uh, what's wrong, kind of like an exploratory type deal. And they found a mess in my spine. It was oozing with inflammation and, um, uh, just in very, very bad shape. The infectious disease doctor and, and, and my surgeon called it, uh, they, they explained my spine as being moth-eaten. Uh, it, it had deteriorated so much and uh, from, the, from the spinal bone itself to the disc, to the, to the nerves, to the tissue, um, all the damage um, had been done. And I'm lucky to be alive. The infectious disease doctor thinks I should have died anywhere between 10 to 14 days. Septic uh, sepsis should have set in. And um, ultimately, um, that that bone eating staph infection that I would end up having uh, that aggressively ate my spine and internal organs for four months uh, could have very easily hit my bloodstream. And, and like I said, uh, put 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 me into a septic type shock and ultimately shut down my organs and kill me. Uh, but my body, you know, uh, we've, you know, it fought, it fought, you know, it fought it off and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm here today and I've really changed my life over the last, you know, seven years. And, and, you know, now I'm just trying to tell my story, <clears throat> you know, in ways that'll make sense. It could add meaning to, to the, you know, to other people out there that, that may be going through some hard times or some difficult times. I know, during my story, you know, we would end up losing so much, you know, I lost five years of my life. I, I spent in a room in a chair, even after, you know, my, uh, my ordeal was over and I had all these surgeries and, you know, I mean, you know, my, I, I lived in a room, I was depressed. I lost my business. I lost my company. I, I couldn't go, I'd get out there and do the work I was doing. Cause even after the surgery, I, I, I lived in pain and I'm talking, I still live in pain. You know, I live at a five, six, but like back then, even after the surgery, I was living in tens. Like I said, I, I, I was taking 30 to 40 pills a day for years. Um, and, um, you, you know, and like I said, it was just to make it through the day. And, and this has no addiction to it. I mean, it was just 
pain, emotional pain, physical pain, mental pain, anguish, um, you know, uh, and, you know, again, the loss, you know, the loss of, you know, our, our savings account, the loss of a rental property I had, the loss of, um, you know, my business, my equipment, everything that I've ever worked so hard for. Um, and, and I think that was the most difficult part about this story is that I, I've always been a uh, provider. You know, I got four beautiful kids and a wife of 25 years, and I, I've always put the family on my back and and I've always, you know, provided in ways that to give to give them the, the, be- the best life. You know, a lot of the times, you know, the life I didn't have growing up as a kid and um, and uh, yeah, and that would all come crashing down, you know, the the positive that came out of it is that, you know, my family never folded, you know, and a lot of people say, well, you're lucky, you know, a lot of wives would have bounced and, you know, families would have fallen apart. um, But, you know, but my family just grew stronger. They, they recognized that I had had their back for, you know, their entire lives. And, uh, and now their dad went down and it gave them a, you know, an opportunity to kind of step up and, and kind of have my back you know, and, and, you know, uh, during these tough times. Yeah. I mean, what a, I mean, what a moment to learn from as a family and, you know, these kind of moments are the moments that either break you or make you. And, you know, it's, it's always great to have that, that family behind you, man. Cause I mean, you could have been in a whole different mental state from all those things that you just listed. I mean, when people, do those things and lose those things. That's when the walls start crumbling down and everything really starts going bad. I mean, because we just make we, we we tend as humans to make things worse, you know. Sometimes before we get them better, you know, and and because we 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 impulse or something. But um, having a strong support system, it, it, it's why you're here today. You know what I mean? And you're still you got you know um a beautiful home, beautiful family. And you guys look, you know, I've seen your guys' family pictures and stuff. You guys look like a great family, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it's great that you guys were able to stay strong, man. And like you said, things could have went a whole different direction for you, you know, and thank God it didn't. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't easy. I mean, and the walls, no, did I'm get, sure, you yeah, know, I'm sure there was moments and times, um, you know, the walls did cave in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't come out of my room for, for three years. I lived a horrifying life of a- anxiety and, and, and depression and pain. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I knew it was over. You know, my business was done. My health had been uh, stri- stripped away from me due to no fault of my own. I lost my business. I, I learned my I've, I, I lost my means of uh, ma- making an income. And, and now he, uh, here I was finding myself, um, you know, in, in a whirlwind of nightmares, uh, just trying to figure out how in the hell did this all happen? Um, and so it would lead to the next uh, phase. Um, that's when we filed a federal tort claim within the VA uh, for the loss, for the, the pain and suffering, for, um, you know, again, for the loss of my business, for the loss of my equipment my family vehicle, um, our, our savings account, our, you know, um, 
you know, my, my wife had to rack up cre credit cards to keep our family afloat. You know, we had to keep those bills paid, you know, and, and, and it's a blessing. We had a lot of good friends and family that kind of stepped up and in our dramatic in, ma in major time of need and help pay some of those bills and, uh, and I'll forever be grateful for that. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, we filed a tour claim, um, you know, to, you know, again, for the injuries. And uh, the VA came out publicly, made a statement and stated that uh, that they were sorry and that they're very apologetic and that they were going to be settling my claim and that, um, you know, it should have never happened. And it was, you know, a, a horrifying case. I mean, I was being eaten alive from the inside out. A lot of people don't understand that I was being eaten alive. I was being eaten alive by a bone eating staph infection that nobody could see. So on the outside, oh, yeah, he's fine. But on the inside, I, I was being eaten alive. And they didn't know that because they never did any diagnostic testing. They never did blood tests. They never. All they did is they just feeded it with high-end opioids to try to mask the pain in pills. You know, I mean, it, it's about as egregious as it can get, you know. And, Here's some Band-Aids, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I thought my wife was doing everything right. Again, I'm in an in, in, incapacitated state. I, I'm having panic attacks on the ER floor because I'm in uh, so much pain. I mean, I remember um, the second time I was at the VA ER, it got so bad I fell out of my wheelchair and because uh, I couldn't walk. Uh, and still to this day, you know, it it does take me a while to get going. Um, but I mean, I have a, you know, a, a bladder that's com com completely uh, and permanently um, uh, paralyzed, you know, I've got problems. I've got a kidney issue now. I've got all three levels of my, uh, of my spine have been compromised and that continue to deteriorate every single day. You know, I'm uh, very prone to infection now, uh, just because of the length I had that, that, uh, that infection, it'll always live in my body. It's just probably dormant now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got to get my blood tested every three months now. You know, I mean, so, you know, everything changed, you know, for sure. But we filed that tort claim. They came out. They were apologetic. They were going to settle my claim. Um, at the one-year mark, they they dropped the bombshell, and they stated that we found that the person that we're going to hold accountable for, for the injuries that you sustained is an independent contractor working within the halls and the walls of the VA. Now, no veteran knows that they have independent contractors working in the VA. Everybody has VA doctor's coats and VA badges and VA laptops, VA business cards, and nobody would ever think that they they aren't VA employees. I mean, I so one thing would lead to another. Uh, they would deny it. There was uh, 12, 12 clinicians that failed to meet the standard of care. And they cherry picked the one independent contractor, threw her under the bus, did an about face and left me and my family holding the bag. And that was the essential kill shot that put me deeper into anxiety and depression. And that's when uh, a lot of and I hate to even say this word, but uh, there was times I didn't even want to be here anymore. Um, so I would take more pills and I would take more pills. Maybe I wouldn't wake up. Um, and, uh, and that, and, and, and that wasn't Brian Talley, that, that, that was a broken man in pain. 
And it, it hurts me to even say that because I love my family so much. I mean, I'm here for my family. I mean, there's nothing more special to me than my than my four children. I have a, a beautiful relationship with and my wife, like I said, at 25 years. I'm a family guy. I don't go out to bars. I mean, I have dedicated my life to my children, to my family. And to even have that some sort of mentality even pop into my head, it still haunts me to this day. Yeah, man. I, geez, that's tough. And I know... And I appreciate you sharing that, by the way. Um, that kind of stuff's not always easy. But, you know, it's it's important this day and age to share things um, so people can learn from it. You know, if someone out there watching this can hear your story and see, you know, how you've been able to, to navigate through things. Um, mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I appreciate you sharing that part. Um, but anyways, man, keep on going with us and, you know, let us know how you kept yeah. on fighting and, and, and take us down the road. Of- so I went, so I went to my Congressman and I, I said, and, and at this point I'm, I'm over 300 pounds. So I've been living in a chair for years and like 310 pounds completely uh, quit at, at life. Um, and, uh, and, and I said, what just happened to me is criminal and it's fraught and it's fraudulent and, and it's downright frightening. And this was now 2018, early uh, 2018. Found out it was like the day after Thanksgiving, 2017, about what they did with this whole um, accepting responsibility and then deflecting it off the backs of these unidentified independent contractors. So two weeks later, uh, my congressman's indicted on federal charges for for screwing up in Congress. And so Congress uh, lost all confidence in uh, Duncan Hunter and, um, and, he, and he was forced out of Congress and he had just been reelected. Um, so now again, strike three, <laughs> you're out. Like you have no voice. You're living in the only congressional district in the United States of America that doesn't have a representative in Congress to give me a voice in Washington, D.C. to figure out what had happened in my case. And now it's the biggest case in the VA. And again, I have no voice. And um, that put me even deeper into the chair, you know, um, and uh, bad, bad, bad times, man. I mean, uh, you know, talk about you know, knowing that your life is done, like you'll probably never own a home again. You're probably going to end up lo- uh, losing this one. Um, you know, you've already lost everything else. You know, of course you got your family, which is the mo- uh, most important thing. But I mean, I could have never imagined myself living in some, you know, beat up apartment down the road for kids and all that uh, due to no fault of my own, because we have no income uh, coming in and all this other stuff and all of my injuries and, you know, all this deflection and, and I, it, it was just insane. I had worked too hard in my life and I've accumulated too much assets for this to be going on to a good family. <clears throat> so during my weakest and most vulnerable time in need, um, I had a big coming to Jesus meeting with myself. Um, I, I got up out of my chair. I, I stumbled to my bathroom. I, 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 I kneeled over my tub. And, and I just started to pray. I prayed over that bathtub and I filled that sucker up with tears. And I said, God, just guide me. I'm about to take on the federal government, the VA, and uh, I'm going to draft my own bill. 
and I, I will become my own honorary member of Congress, if you will. And, and I will put in the work and, and the efforts to, to learning um, how to draft, uh, draft legislation and how to read bills and, and how to lobby and how to put this all in bill form. And additionally, show up on a red eye in D.C. and deliver that bill that I had drafted to the very steps of the Capitol building where I would go door to door and walk the halls of Congress urging lawmakers to change this outdated law that at the point had completely destroyed the lives of my family and myself. And uh, before too long, I had a ton of traction. I had my first bill introduced um, uh, by Congressman Dave Bratt in the 115th, uh, let's see, in the uh, 115th Congress, H.R. 7105. And then... Um, that would die in Congress. And, and then I would start the next Congress, 116th Congress. And I had three bills introduced that I had drafted all myself with, again, with no voice and no representative. So I had to go to congressmen and women from across the country uh, to, uh, to in influence them to in introduce my, my bill to um, close this 74-year VA legal loophole that has been so profitable for the VA because they they're not paying out these rightful um, uh, uh, suits <clears throat> because of their um, way that they can blame it all and put all the culpability on these independent contractors, but not tell you until your state statute of limitations had run out. That's how they started to begin to um, protect their independent contract doctors. So, I mean, so, I mean, what they did is absolutely beyond criminal. It's beyond fraudulent. And to do it on the backs of veterans, uh, vulnerable uh, veterans, um, it is, again, it, it, it's about as, um, I mean, I use the word frightening because, because that's what it is. I mean, it, it is frightening and, and you're, you're all alone and you're on this island and, uh, and, and you're like, man, everything's caving in, you know, like you said, the walls caved in and, and, uh, this next three and a half to four years of my life, I would be in Congress. I'd be lobbying. Uh, that's when I started to get 1% better every single day. Uh, I made myself a promise that I would see this all the way through. I have a very OCD, uh, personality. And so once I began this mission that I promised myself, I would see all the way through, it became an obsession. And it would rob another three and a half years of my life. So it was like I was beginning to neglect myself because I, I wanted this so bad um, because I needed it for closure. I could not move on with my life knowing that this VA legal loophole was still going to be out there. And then I could have and I had every card in my hand to prove it. So it was reaching for that reserve energy. And and you and using it in a positive way. I knew I couldn't go in there and raise my voice. I knew I couldn't go in there and, and use my vulnerabilities and my own story as somebody to feel sorry for. I had to put all this in third person. I went back to boot camp. Okay. This is what's going on in, in the VA. This is the problem. This is the solution here. Yes. I, it, it happened to me. Yeah. But, but, the bigger problem is, is that we got 20.2 million American veterans at risk of this. 
And a lot, a, a lot of members of Congress didn't know about this shoddy uh, uh, work that was going on at the highest levels of the VA on that seventh floor in Vermont Avenue in Washington, D.C. You got the Office of General Counsel up there that's getting rich again off the backs of veterans who have been hurt in VA hospitals. Uh, so what I did is I just exposed it all. I did it in a positive way. Um, you know, I, I went in there, I, I killed them with kindness. Um, and, and again, I delivered a solution. I, I thought it was my duty as an American, uh, my duty as a veteran to stand up um, in the face of adversity. And, and it was healing for me, even though it was very hard and, and, and very difficult. And I had so many days of cha challenge and anxiety and that would turn into depression back back to anxiety i mean i found myself in the er three times over a three and a half year period for panic attacks uh, be, uh because i could not i i could not i could not begin to heal from my injuries that are lifelong still i'll be dealing with for the rest of my life um, in, until this bill was passed in Congress, that that would ultimately be my compensation. My compensation would not come any monetary value, and that was fine. As long as we had closed this VA legal loophole, that was my time to say, okay, now I can begin to live again, and now I can begin to heal. So the best day of my life <laughs> was... Yo, one of the best days of my life was January 5th uh, of 2021 when President Trump signed my bill in, 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 into law and, um, you know, and, and doing something that's so unprecedented um, that, you know, I mean, it, 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 it made me feel good. I had, I had accomplished a lot of goals, um, but, but at the same time, uh, it, it was very sad that it, it, it took a private citizen uh, to stand up, to do the job of Congress, to do the job of these elected officials born to protect us. And we just weren't getting that. And, and so it, 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 it shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be put on the back of a guy like me, a, a taxpayer and honorable contributor to society. Um, you know, so that's where, you know, a lot of my issues lied with, you know, these folks that should be uh helping you know and, and there's something i mean now i mean now i've become the the name in the face of va policy and, and i'm not afraid to put my website out there and and and, uh, and so much stuff and you know i i and, and this is no joke i get over 300 text messages sometimes a week i'll i'll, I'll get that in, in in emails per month and i hear everything bad that's going on in the va Unfortunately, because they see, oh, this Brian Talley, you know, you go just Google it and it's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, fuck, I need to contact this guy because he'll understand. He'll know my problems. But the problem is, man, that takes a lot of a guy out. Like, you know, I mean, that that's a lot for me to un, 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 unpack all the time is hearing everybody's story. I'm not a 501c3. I'm not a nonprofit. I'm I, I'm just a guy. I'm just yeah. a guy. And, um, you know, and I think after getting, you know, a, a lot of these messages coming in, uh, I, I was on a walk la uh, last August and, and God said, hey, you're going to start a podcast. I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about podcasts. And, uh, you know, and, and then that's when I started my own podcast and, um, you know, in August. And 
the goal behind it was to add some some real life value to the lives of everyday people and, and hear it from folks like a Brian Roof or a Brian Talley or whoever it may be. And not some celebrity or other you don't have any, you know, connection to or you don't have any r- real life, you know, uh, you know, can, you know, connectivity uh, with these celebrities. Just hear it from regular old guys. And now I was able to talk about a lot of the issues um, that were going on in the VA and how these stories were coming about or have these positive type podcasts that talk about perseverance and resilience and in overcoming, you know, life's hardest struggles and challenges and obstacles. And a lot of the times it gave me the platform now to speak to all these people without having to speak to them all individually because that was starting to weigh down on me so so much. My wife said, you can't do this anymore. Like you literally spend 12 to 13 hours a day now just helping veterans with their own, you know, with their own, you know, with their own issues. And, and, and again, I had already lost, you know, so many years of my life being, being sick and, and being neglected. And then I would go on to neglect myself. And then as I started to, to heal and get 1% better, that's when everybody started to pile on and say, Hey, I need help too. And I said, okay. And so I dedicated my life to helping all these people. Um, yeah. I mean, I've returned th- thousands of emails and tech and text messages and phone calls. And at the point it started to wear me down again, because in order for me to give good wisely counsel, and I don't mean legal counsel, I mean, friendly counsel for, you know, it's a godly thing to give counsel. Um, you know, and, and to help those people that are going through some some tough times. So I didn't have a Brian Talley uh, when I was going through my fight. Um, I, I had a lot of great friends and family that stepped up, but I didn't have somebody to the knowledge that I know now of the muddy waters to navigate in the VA system. And so I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about how the system works. And so those people looked at it like, well, this guy could be a true asset to what I'm trying to get done. And again, it took a lot out of me and it put me right back almost to that anxiety riddled body, you know, and I'm still struggling with it today because, I mean, I woke up with another four emails from just last night, uh, you know, veterans um, that are going through the system uh, that are being, um, you know, either mistreated or whatever. And I'm not anti-VA. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of good in the VA. I think there's a lot of bad in the VA. Um, but 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 I don't hear the I don't hear the good stories. All I hear is the bad stories. Yeah. And these people are desperate and they get ignored by by their own members of Congress. They get ignored by their U.S. senators. They get ignored by the VA. And so they're like, well, this guy won't ignore me. And so I have put all that baggage on myself to say I can't. And so I don't. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I'm very quick at responding when people have problems. I have like 50 different, you know, uh, pre-written texts out. All I got to do is just change the name because I know a lot of the top 50 issues. And, um, you know, and and I'm there as a resource now. You know, I can quickly um, uh, turn them on to somebody that can help them. Because, again, I'm not a lawyer. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not a legal expert. I mean, I do have well over 11,000 hours into lobbying and VA policy and policy advising and drafting and reading in lobbying. So, I mean, I guess I would be considered net, you know, an expert by the definition of anything over 10,000 would pretty much create an expert, but the expert is so broad. I mean, I know a lot. I'm pretty educated in, in what's going on, but in, indeed, no expert, just because laws change all the time, policy changes all the time, um, you know, and, and it's all political, you know, so you have turnover of the VA, you have turnover of, and every VA is different, you know, so, you know, so it's been a struggle. And like, and like my wife says, she goes, Look, you got four kids, they play sports, growing up, and you spend so much of your time, you're helping veterans. And she, she, she's not against it. She has a heart too. Trust me. And she went through this hard time with me. Uh, but she also says you need to live your life too. You know, it's time. It's time to start healing Brian a little bit. You know, you 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 can't you you can't fix everybody. You know, so you know, I I I, I take on some you know, some cases that I can to, to help advocate for the ones I think that are in the most need. And then those that aren't as bad as some, I can refer them to VSOs. I can refer them to some of the assets that I've met along the way that can help these veterans go, uh, going through their times of crisis. I can't sit down with them and do a VA claim. I'm not that guy. Again, I'm just a guy that can offer some sort of encouragement and, you know, to, to say, hey, look, why don't you stand up and fight for yourself? You you don't need me. You could do all this on your own. Because if I could do it, you could do it. And, and again, after being eaten alive for four months from the in, inside out, damn near losing everything, and having one strike, two strike, three strike, everything that could have went wrong did. But I still found it in myself to get up, to, to find that inner strength, to find that reserve energy, and, and get up and actually put myself into the game and grow. And, and it was uncomfortable, but I made it happen. And that's what I'm doing now today is telling people, you can do the same thing. And so now a lot of the messages I get are positive. Brian, I want to draft my own bill. Can you help me? Sure. Go listen to episode blank and blank. I, I, di I did an episode on veteran advocacy, how to draft a bill. Go watch it. Call me back if you have questions. And so now I'm able to communicate with a wide variety of people that are going through a lot of the same challenges. And I don't need to be on 100 different phone calls. I, I, it's just one email. So, you know, it's just different ways. I think God is using me, um, uh, you know, as a bridge, if you will, uh, to help people, um, you know, from point A, uh, get to point A to point B, because there's a lot of veterans out there. And, and again, I think the reason why I was successful in Congress is because I never, I never lost my bearing. I was angry um, and I was hurt. Um, um, but, but I never lost my bearing. I said, if I'm going to go in here and I'll, I've got to fight honorably, I, I, I can't go in there and, and ruin my family name and uh, my my children's names and my, and my wife and, and, and everything what, that, that I stand for. Um, and uh, that, that's exactly what I did. I went in there again. I, I, I worked and I fought honorably 
and it, it, it was hard at times, you know, but you got to just to tune out the ne- uh, the negativity. I had my days of negativity, but I never showed up publicly. Uh, that's when I'd go in my room at night and I'd cry and I'd say, how in the hell can this even happen? But it does. And then I started getting thousands of others before me that this had happened to that had been going on since 1946. And those emails um, and, uh, you know, kept, uh, kept, it kept me going, you know, no, knowing that I was doing something right, you know, no, knowing that I would be making a generational change uh, to a law again, that has destroyed the lives of veterans and their families for, for far too long. And again, it shouldn't have taken a private citizen, a private veteran, if you will, to get up and do the job of Congress that they have promised the American people to do. That's great, man. You know what? It uh, the Marine in you obviously has proven that uh, you're never going to stop, you know, and, you, and you're still fighting, charging up the hill, so to speak, you know, yeah. and uh, still fighting the fight in a different manner. And you're doing yeah. it selflessly, too, because you know, what you're doing isn't just for, you know, and like you said, there's a lot of this that you're not even going to benefit from, but there's there's hundreds and thousands of others that are going to, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you know, uh, everything that you've gone through, man, it's even the rough times, you know, that's one thing about being a Marine is, is learning to accept failure, you know, because in the Marine Corps, failure could mean death you know, or in, in, or, or loss of other life. So when you're outside in, 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 in the world and you, and you equate everything and you start, you know, feeling like a failure, it really gets rough, man. Cause you're just like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not used to having to weather so much because everything that we typically set out to do with our missions, we're going to accomplishment. You know, we're going to accomplish it one way or the other. Um, but you know, I, the fight in you, I, you know, you can see, the the flag behind you you know, makes me just it reminds me a lot of you too man you're just you're out there fighting trying to raise that flag up too you know and it's, mm. it's just a different manner but you're helping a lot of people out you know whether you believe it or not and and uh a lot of people are probably looking to you because when you do see someone successfully succeed at something you're like man how, how the hell could he do that and of course everybody wants you to hold their hand but it's 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 better for them to go do it on their own because there's so much more of an accomplishment when you're like I I did you know I went I fought this mm-hmm. you know and I'm sure there was people that kind of coached you along the way and and helped you kind of get there uh, but I mean oh, I know a lot of it is probably you, you know all your feet work and your heart ache and and you're you know putting your family kind of on the back burner at times um, you know it's the you know man. I salute you and in, in much respect and much love, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I completely had lost my purpose in life. And uh, again, I, I couldn't find my new purpose until th- uh, this was all done. And it actually would end up actually being my purpose. And, and it was the worst job I ever had it is being a non-paid veteran advocate is being, a, you know, typically, when you do a job, you're rewarded at the end of the week with a paycheck. And that paycheck is in monetary value to where you can put food on the table. You can pay your your 
your house mortgage and your car and your insurance and clothing and vacations and all that stuff. And for three and a half years, four years, I worked in Congress from day sun up, sundown, sun didn't even sleep. I mean, you're talking over 11,000 hours of advocacy, the thousands of emails and the phone calls, the call to actions. I had to make myself look bigger than what I actually was. I had to get into creating my own content. I had to get into uh, to, uh, to maneuvering and, and to uh, strategizing well in advance of, of what I would end up like. I, I would have to play out of my head. Okay, how's this meeting going to go? And, and I'd be prepared for it either way, you know, pre, pre-written letters, you know, folders, making this look, hey, guys, this is a problem here. I had to go in there and again, kill them with kindness and not raise my voice. The second you raise your voice, you're done. They'll turn you off and you're done. I wasn't I wasn't going to be spending money I didn't have to put on a credit card to go fight for the good of the country to fail. I, 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 I just wasn't going to do that. And, um, you know, like, you know, you were saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, this has come to no, um, you know, uh, benefit to me. The, my, the benefit to me are these bills behind me. That my name is forever ain't in the federal law, knowing that I was the last guy that they were going to absolutely destroy due to this loophole. Um, you know, and, and that right there is more valuable than any dollar, than any dollar amount. <laughs> you know, I, I moved from Southern California. Uh, we did not lose our home. It's pretty much the only thing we didn't lose. And, th- and thank God I had, you know, friend, friends and family to help keep that house afloat for years. Um, you know, but we made some money on it. And now I live in Houston. I, I mean, talk about, you know, a, a major change, but I was able to come in here at quarter cost, you know, and kind of start over again in 2020, you know, you know, if you will, and begin to rebuild my new life and, and, and to, and to get out of the, you know, the, 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 uh, the home uh, that had brought so many bad, bad memories, you know, it was good memories at the beginning. And then it was just full of really bad and horrific memories, you know, so I needed a, a fresh start somewhere and, um, you know, and Houston, you know, has been good to us and, it, and it's been good to my family. And, and, you know, I, I plan on staying in Texas, you know, for the, uh, until God tells me I, I got to go elsewhere. But, um, you know, this was a move, like I said, based solely on, um, you know, somewhere where we could be, begin again and, and, and buy a house, um, and, and live in a nice neighborhood, again at the at, at a quarter of the cost so i was never made whole um if, if you will but with the moves that my family and i have made uh we're we're kind of making ourselves whole again um and, and again starting over with you know new opportunity and, ha- and 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 living a better quality of life without always just not doing anything because you don't have any money to to do anything, you know, I, mean, I don't know if you call it a fresh start at life, but you know, you're definitely yeah. getting another chance to go somewhere and, and kind of leave back some of that negative energy and all the, yeah. you know, bad memories that you had. And 
this place is a place where you get to build new, you know, yeah. a new beginning and new forward, you know, so that's great, man. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's been good. And, um, you know, and I wanted to share something with you too. You know, yeah. I know we talked very, very quickly on my story, but if anybody's interested out there, I wrote a book. It's called, I didn't choose this job. It chose me. Um, you know, it's a very quick read. It has a lot of pictures in it and it tells the story in a very quick way. And there's a lot of valuable information in there too, that could help people go through a, a lot of their own life challenges, um, as well as how to pick yourself up and in, enter that arena and to take that adversity head on when it knocks at your door and to be able to open that door and look it straight in the eye and, 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 and cut right through it and, um, you know, move on with, um, you know, your ultimate, uh, goal. And that's to create and make positive change. So what happened to you never happens again to anybody else. And, and again, it all had to do with, you know, my, my mental closure, my emotional closure, my physical closure, and that, and now I could start taking care of Brian Talley again, you know, and, you know, and in a sense, you know, uh, uh, my injury, I do intermittent fasting. Now I, I eat one time a day because my organs have been destroyed inside my body too. So I need to give them time to rest. And so people look at me like, oh, wow, you're doing so good again. Like, you know, but I put so much pressure on myself. I mean, I, I make sure I got, I, I get my steps in every day. I eat one meal a day. You know, I starve myself the majority of, of, of the day, but I'm used to it. I've been doing it now for almost four years is when I began to intermittent fast. And uh, I've never missed a day, um, you know, and, and I've really learned how to do it well. And, you know, so there's a lot of discipline that I really worked into my life since this, you know, it, you know, has all happened. But I never thought I would see myself. Um, you know, I, I was always, you know, a guy that worked, you know, 16, 17 hours a day at my custom landscape job. And then when I was done, we go out and do sports stuff and all the stuff with my kids and family. But now uh, I live in a different completely capacity. I mean, I, I wrote a book and, you know, I, I, I passed some bills in Congress and and now I've got a podcast and, you know, it's just like my life changed in ways that I would have never, ever, ever seen coming or ever imagined, you know, um, you know, I, I, I never thought I'd be a, a, lobby, a lobbyist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not a lobbyist. I don't get paid to lobby. I'm, I'm more of a, of an advocate, but it still does take a great deal of lobbying, um, you know, in, in influencing if you're ever going to do anything, you know, in Washington, you know, you know, as you know, it's a bunch of red tape and, you know, it's, but yeah, it is what it is. So, you know what, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about, uh, the today with tally podcast. And, uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. And Hey, have you had like a favorite guest? How many, you know, how many guests have you had on now? And stuff like that so so i've done 163 episodes oh, geez, um, okay uh since august again i'm very ocd when i put my mind on something i'm kind of all in and i've kind of taken uh the last two to three weeks kind of off a little bit i had a pretty uh i had i had a podcast that i did that you know kind of um you know it it uh it, it made me pretty sad um the, the and, family yeah. And, and I needed to, I needed to step away for a little bit, uh, you know, cause again, I, I, I get really emotionally attached. Um, and You're then we went an on. empath, huh? You're pretty <clears throat> much like a, a empath. 
take on a lot yeah. of people's yeah and uh so you know I, I took a little bit of time off uh, of that and then i just did my first podcast again um on friday um but i mean i mean i i took two weeks off so it's no big deal so I'm, I'm i'm still in there but you know now it's baseball season you know we've got you know my uh, my son plays competitive baseball so down that you know you know it's summer you know high school ball's done so now we move into select ball uh, and that takes me all over the state of texas um and uh, you know that's every thursday friday saturday sunday um and it's all day thir- thursday and friday so again that leaves me monday tuesday wednesday to do a podcast now uh for uh, for the next you know three months um so i'm going to try to put out one to three a week uh still um you know but you know uh, again man my podcast is no different than 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 your podcast and there's man i i i I, I never realized how many podcasts <laughs> there are out there. Holy cow. Like I just figured, yeah, you know, there's, you know, a couple podcasts out there, whatever, you know, I'm going to start one and I'm just going to talk about life's challenges and how to overcome them and this and that. And all of a sudden I, I'm 163 deep and I've found so many great people that have awesome, inspiring stories to share. And, you know, I look at these as like little mini town halls, you know, because, um, you know, you don't, a lot of people aren't face to face anymore. A lot of people aren't having these types of conversations like me and you right now are sitting down. It's like we're in a coffee shop, you know what I mean? And, and we're, and we're just having a simple conversation. A lot of people don't really have those simple conversations anymore because they're so consumed with life or so consumed with politics or so consumed with day to day stuff and Absolutely. The, uh, the hustle and bustle of work and everything else traffic and blah 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 and the world has become a place where you want more information and and again we're living in some times i think that are very biblical and that a lot of people do need some sort of encouragement and inspiration and sometimes you need to just turn the music off and turn on good talk like this you know learn from others and just know that you're not alone out there and that there's other people out there that are going through great great life uh, you know, uh, you know, success, you know, is always very important to talk about that because, you know, unfortunately a lot of these podcasts are full of negative, 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 and then they end good, but there's so much positive out there that can really, re- really be shared on how that guy built a million dollar home and how he succeeded in his business through entrepreneurship and through education and, and through, you know, uh, you know, acquiring knowledge and, having skill sets that are going to make an impact on that person's life and the life of his family and the life of his employees or her employees and, you know, whatever it may be, there's so much success out there. So I find those success stories um, and all those positive stories that they've never really had any <clears throat> massive life changing type situations, uh, but have experienced some adversity in, in, in how to get over those humps. And, and then I've contacted pe- people like me who have had in, insane stories, you know, that are mostly all sad. And then they sometimes end okay and sometimes they don't. Um, you know, so I think it's important to have that balance there to kind of share all, you know, if, if there's any value that could be added to anybody's life is what I'm talking about on my podcast. Yeah, man. I mean, that's 
you know, I'm kind of like you too. When I started the podcast thing, it was, I didn't realize how many were out there until I started kind of looking into more podcasts, you know, and, and, and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, there's like a community of podcasters and stuff like that. And there's uh, a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, there is quite a bit. You know, I think um, when it comes to podcasting, though, you know, it's it's definitely not a uh, a sprint. It's more of a marathon. It's it's kind of like, you know, this day and age, everybody wants that quick thrill. You know, that's why the reels get a lot of attention. I know when I drop a reel, you know, that little 15 second, five second clip, it gets over thousands of views, you know. The episodes that are hour, hour plus, those ones, you know, you could see that people start dropping off after like five minutes and then, oh, something's, you know, calling me over here. You know, we're just yeah. so sporadic. As I've gotten older, you know, I, I think that's something that I, I love that I'm getting the ability to do is kind of stop and smell the flowers, so to speak. And, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of and, and like see what's around me by the details and say, wow, this is. What a great, beautiful sunset that is when, you know, sometimes people never even know that what the sunset looked like, you know, one day or the other. But, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm appreciating that kind of stuff. And I think it's important for us all. And I wish I would have learned that more at a younger age, you know, mm -hmm. but, at, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you're trying to be that alpha male still trying to go be that breadwinner. You got all this society pressures of, you know, got to go out there and make this you know, good job, good pay, you know? Yeah. But no, I totally feel you, man. I mean, I'm the same way. You know, I'm, I'm a man of gratitude, you know, I'm, I'm a man of gratitude. I, I, like I said, I go on my mindfulness walks all the time and, and I listen to podcasts. I mean, yeah. you know, like That's when I too. go out, I, I, I listen to other people's podcasts when I'm on my walks. Um, and then when I can't hear any more talk, I just go to music and that doesn't really last the whole hell of a lot because I'm like, man, I've heard these songs over and over again. And these songs exactly. don't do anything for me except for maybe motivate me for two minutes to walk. And then, and then what? So I'd rather learn, um, you know, from other people's stories. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think podcasts are very educational again. It's, you know, finding that that genre you know that that fits for you i mean they sure they have so many different genres out there and it's just finding you know somebody that you can you know um, you know resonate with and kind of have that you know those similarities too and you know and i mean it's really nothing but just kind of building a, a virtual relationship you know with your listeners out there and you know just spit spitting truth you know just talking honest to God facts and being vulnerable and, and, uh, just, you know, making the best out of bad situations or, you know, or, or, or thriving and, you know, and, and, and doing some great successful stuff, you know? So again, I, you know, I, I think that podcasts are very, are, are very healthy uh, for people to be listening to in this day and age. It's kind of crazy to me. I didn't, I, I didn't ever think I, I kind of grew up liking radio shows myself. Like, I liked Howard Stern a lot. I liked, there's a, a Mark and Brian show here, local. Uh, there was all these different radio shows that I really loved. And uh, now it's kind of like 
an opportunity that I've gotten to do due to technology, allowing us to kind of do this. And it's, it's the cost is probably nowhere near what it used to be for people to go out there and do. I mean, the, some of the equipment we're running is what they had in, you know, the, the big times, you know, uh, but now that the things are the cost and everything has gone down, it's giving us average Joe blows out there to go out there and, and kind of live our dreams, you know, when we were younger, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties, when radio was a thing, you always heard the radio playing on the mm-hmm. car, you know, in the background somewhere, there was just always a radio station on. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up listening to AM radio. I, I grew up listening to, you know, the Padres, I, you know, the Rockies, the Broncos. I mean, I've always been a political radio junkie. Um, you know, I, I, I just love AM radio. I still yeah. listen to AM radio today when I'm in my truck. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember cruising with my grandpa, man. I always had some AM radio on there with some Rush Limbaugh or something. You know, like he just yeah, always had that, you know, the politics going. And it was yeah. great. Good times back when we were young with the radio. Now it's yeah, everything like, streamed. You know, I like Mike, Michael Berry here out of Houston. He, he He's pretty good. He, he's fun. He He's real. You know, he makes it somewhat comedic. You know, in this time of people, you know, don't serious. really celebrate comedy anymore because everybody's right. offended by everything. But uh, I'm going to get canceled. Yeah, you <laughs> need to laugh. You need to have some sort of comedy in your life. You need to, you know, there's too many uptight people out there. People need to just take a damn deep breath and, you know, and, and again, go out and do those walks of gratitude you know smell those roses check out those trees check out the leaves watch the birds sit down reflect you, you could do this in traffic too you could literally do it in traffic you know yep. just find the you know just look around and look at other people and look at you know the you know like i wonder what they're thinking right now i i wonder how that i wonder how that guy's day went you know because you never know who you know who you're surrounding yourself with out there and what type of life they may be living. I mean, you, you know, it's crazy. I mean, this world is wild. The life is wild. And, uh, you know, and, and until you really start to open your eyes and kind of look around and experience, you know, what's going on around you and your surroundings and all that stuff, man, you know, you'll be surprised. I mean, there's a lot of signs out there that God will give us, and, you know, not 99.9% of us will never see those signs coming, but I've got my eyes open. And so I'm always, I'm always looking for those signs. And, uh, you know, the, uh, those signs is what helps mold me into the man I am today, you know, because I, you know, because I do make changes, you know, I, I continue to work on myself every single day to get one, uh, one, uh, 1% better and, you know, continue to be there a, a, as that counsel, you know, as a father to my children and to my wife and, you know, to my animals and to my friends and to, you know, to my other family members and, you know, I mean, that's what it's really all about. I mean, we're all in this life together. We're all walking this life. It's not an easy one. It's full of ups. It's full of downs. It's, you know, it's tough at times. It's beautiful at times. You know, at times it's scary. At times it's, you know, nothing can go wrong, you know. And so those are the moments that you live for and, and uh, you know, live to fight another day, man. So. You got to ride those highs when you get those highs, man. And you got to embrace them and, and enjoy them and not take it for granted because any given moment we can have a, a bad situation right in our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I 
there's days I don't want to go to bed because I had such a great day. And then there's still those days <laughs> where I'm like just trying to find the bed because nothing could go right or whatever. And, you know, it's, you know, after you go through some pretty, you know, hardcore life battles and life challenges and life changes, you know, for years that don't ever stop, you know, and, and everything just changes. It, it does, it does create a lot of post-traumatic stress, you know, for other reasons. Um, and, you know, smells and, and memories and, you know, and, and surgeries and, you know, all the stuff, <clears throat> you know, points. one day you're living the American dream and the next you're on your knees, you know, and uh, you're trying to figure out how you're going to get back on your feet. Sometimes you don't. And like I said, I was 99% done. I had nothing left to give. I had 1% left to give. And that's how I've kind of built that 1% motto. You know, I just continue to get that 1% better every single day. Sometimes it's a little bit more, um, but, but it's never less than that because uh, 1% ain't nothing. I mean, that's just, you know, picking up a piece of trash in your neighborhood. You know, that's just saying hi to, you know, Mrs. Smith, who's bagging your groceries at the local Kroger. You know, you got to have those relationships, you know, you got to, you know, be nice to people and, you know, just go about li uh, living your life and hope for the best and hope for the best for the country. I'm always praying for my country. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, Brian, Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Is there any last minute things you want to share with uh, the listeners or watchers? If you're going, if, if you're battling, uh, you know, through, uh, through pain and anxiety and depression and anything that could be, you know, holding you down, know that there, there, there is light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. I never thought I would see the light. It took me six years to see light again. Um, and I remember year one, year two, year, year three, you know, year, year four, I mean, horrifying years. Um, and, uh, you know, you just got to always, you know, remember to, you know, stay, stay inspired and do your best to stay encouraged and stay motivated and, you know, and, and just always st stay in the fight. You know, that's, you know, some of the most important hallmarks that I've picked up over, uh, the years of, uh, my loss and, uh, the years of my hardship, um, that my family and I had to endure. So, um. Uh, you just got to hang in there. Just got to hang in there. I appreciate that. I appreciate the message, Brian. Uh, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I know it's not always easy to share some most intimate parts of our lives, but sometimes it's necessary for others to hear it because you never know who could learn from that. You know what I mean? So it's uh, things can't be learned if they're not taught. You know what I mean? So, Mm. Um, like I said, Brian, thank you so much for coming on and, and being such a selfless person and fighting for, you know, each and every one of us veterans out there. Um, I appreciate you. Education costs money, but knowledge is free. Bada bing, bada boom. That's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, I appreciate you, man. And uh, if you could just hold tight, make sure we got everything. Yes, sir. Uh, like, like I said, thanks again. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching Every Day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. And until next time, Arr.